Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello. My name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded, so if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded, and no one's going to see it anyway, but here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5pm UK time, on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. Okay, Dominic, are you ready? Woo! Yeah, I am. Alright, in one, two, three, four. Three nights at the motel under street lights. You don't sing yet. What? What do you mean? Well, that's the intro of the song. You've got eight bars of just instrumental, and then you start singing. You have to wait. Oh, that's quite long, but okay, okay, I got that. Let's go again from the top. Three nights at the motel no, Dominic, in the street Dominic, again. Why do you mean I've done it again? I waited. It's an eight-bar intro. You only waited four bars. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had some counting issues. Don't worry about it. I got it this time. Eight bars, though. That's kind of that's kind of a long time. I might get bored, you know? You did write the song that way. If you thought it was boring, then you could have just written a short or intro, couldn't you? Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Anyway, anyway from, the, from the top. God, God, so, so bored. What, what a waste, waste of my, my time. time. I've got nothing to do. I know. Maybe I can make a weird chicken noise before the singing starts, just to spice it up a little bit. It's Saturday. It's 3 o'clock. Now, live from London, Alec Feldman. Wizard Radio, playing AJ Mitchell and Move On before that, Dominic Fike and Three Nights. Now you know, now you know why he makes that weird noise at the start of the song. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, my name's Alec Feldman. It's been a while. 
but I'm here now. I'm back. I've missed you all. I've been quite busy. I haven't been like slacking because I was. I mean, that was sort of on last week, but but kind of not really. Um, but now I'm actually here. Yay! I haven't been slacking. I've actually been quite busy doing things. So this is a nice treat, really. I just get to sit down and chat for two hours without having to like sell my labour for money or worse for no money so this is all good i'm i'm very happy to be on and not working instead so how are you doing what's new have i missed anything i hope not i hope your lives are entirely unchanged to how they were two weeks ago when we last spoke um i have full confidence that that they are so that's that's good uh today on the show i have many things things i have been waiting to talk to you about for for well since we last spoke two weeks ago and some new things as well, such as the best new place that you could go for a dinner date. It's Greg's. I'm going to tell you why after four o'clock. We also have to discuss this business with Katy Perry and her Christian rap thing. You know how she she nicked the rap. We need to talk about that after four. Someone's knocking at your door will return. I want to talk about text door neighbours as well. Um, that's coming up about 3.45. Bombing at things you're meant to be good at because I've done just that and very very soon this might be the end of my affection for talking about former TV presenter Noel Edmonds on the radio it might all be over and I'm going to tell you why soon and we've got a six second guide as well and Connect 4 is back at usual time uh, 4.50 we'll do that and we'll start it just before 4 o'clock as well so stick around I am here talking at you for a couple of hours and we can have a nice chat first up before we get into things properly shall we just have a bit of an educational segment i think we should it's important that this show has an educational value so let's get on with this week i learned this week i learned so do you want three lessons that i have learned so you don't have to you are so welcome let's do it lesson number one this week i learned you should always double check your appointments before you show up to them i'd like to say well, I wouldn't like to say that I learned this the hard way. I didn't. I was actually very sensible, but only it was a close run thing. I had like an appointment to go to yesterday, but I was like, oh, that's weird. They haven't texted me to remind me to go. I came to the conclusion at about 1 a.m. on sort of early Friday. And um, I was in Leeds early Friday and the letter that told me when the appointment was was not in Leeds. It was in London. So I was like texting my family at home being like, um, listen, can you find this letter? that says where I'm supposed to go or not because they haven't sent me like a reminder text and I'm just kind of thinking if I make, like hurry to get down here to go to this thing and then it's actually not on then that'd be kind of annoying and it'd be embarrassing if you show up and they're like yeah we cancelled your appointment sorry so um, at 1am very dutifully uh, my family found this letter for me and it had in fact been moved to another date and this is good. I feel like I'm actually ahead of the learning curve on this one because I double checked it before I showed up and confused them. And, you know, it was a close run thing. I might not have done that. And yet I did. Is this character growth? Maybe. But just to reiterate, I didn't really have to learn this lesson, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Double check stuff before you, you go, just in case it's been moved and you, you show up and embarrass yourself. I did. And I was fine. So happy days. Lesson number two, this week I learned that despite the misleading name, you can get hot colds when it is in fact hot. 
I had a cold this week. What's going on? It's July. It was July. It was really, really hot. And I was sat there with a sore throat and a bunged up nose. What's the deal with that? That's weird. I, I didn't really know that could happen. I mean, I, I did, but I'd never experienced it before. And there I was, ill, in summer, thinking, this just feels wrong. Why, why aren't I shivering? The answer is because it was 30 degrees outside, but it was weird. So you can get a cold in the summer, apparently. Who knew? I, for one, am I'm shocked. And um, lesson number three. The most entertaining thing I think I've learned this week. Intoxicated middle-aged women. They are simultaneously the worst and the best. Because um, I was working a few nights ago at this big event. It was an orchestra, this massive orchestra playing 80 songs. It was really, really good, really cool. And the people that went to that, the kind of people you'd expect to go to like an 80s music night, i.e. people that are quite a lot older than me, late 30s, 40s, that kind of age. Um, and that was that was an interesting sight because they were all quite, quite intoxicated. It was probably the first time they'd gone out in quite a few years. And they were just kind of letting it all go, really. They are quite flirty, these, these middle-aged women towards me, who is probably about half their age. And one of them even asked me whether I worked at that that particular place because I'm hoping that some cougar is going to sweep in and pick me up. Um, no, that I wasn't. But you know, uh, it's kind of weird that she suggested. I don't know if she was like inviting me or or what. But I wasn't interested. I was just like, <laughs> no, no, that's that's not why I do this. But yeah, who knew? It's never the ones you expect. The intoxicated middle-aged women. They are very flirty. Um, they probably will have like husbands and kids to go back to as well. Um, but there you go. That's that's what I've learned this week. Beware the intoxicated middle-aged woman. You can get colds even when it's hot. And check your points before you go. What valuable lessons I'm providing you with. This is a service. You're so welcome. All right. We need to talk about Noel Edmonds. Possibly for the last time ever in a second. First, I want to play this from Marshmallow and Kane Brown. Here's one thing right. It's Rizzard Radio. Glowy, and I'm good on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman here, and we're trying something new this week. We're calling it the More Music Show. That's right, I'm playing more music. It definitely wasn't because my computer was hating the show so much that it crashed. That didn't happen. Um, we're just playing more, more songs, because that's what you listen for, isn't it? It's the song. Anyway, hi, I'm Alec. Let's talk about my favourite, one of my favourite human beings in the whole world. It is a man Noel Edmonds. That name might not be immediately familiar to you unless you've been listening for a while because I do talk about him a fair amount. He's kind of like an obsession of mine on this show. Um, he used to be on TV and radio in like the 80s and then he was kind of I think a bit irrelevant for a bit and then he did Deal or No Deal which was a very confusing game show involving some boxes and a telephone and an imaginary banker. That was on for quite a while. And then he went a bit irrelevant again. He was on I'm a Celeb last year in the jungle and nobody really liked him. But recently, I have been more interested in his campaigning work because seemingly out of nowhere, Noel Edmonds became the number one campaigner against corporate greed and against the banking system. Now that, that might surprise you, given that he's probably got quite a lot of money from all the TV he's done. 
but that basically became his thing. He kind of went a bit, a bit weird. Got quite obsessed with banks. He also had a few other weird obsessions, including thinking that positive thinking could cure cancer um, and various other things. He's a bit of a strange bloke in general. He thinks orbs of energy follow us around. But this this banking thing, that's kind of where I first realised that he was a bit a bit strange, but in a quite entertaining kind of way. Because I played you clips, this was this was actually ages ago, of an internet radio station he set up called Simply Not All. Um, now normally I wouldn't advertise other stations that you can listen to on the internet, but I'm, I made an exception for this one because I don't really think I'm going to be losing too many listeners to it. Where it's just a 24-7 loop of this weird, like, fake documentary infomercial thing about banks and bank fraud, specifically with Lloyd's Bank, including Noel Edmonds doing an interview with Noel Edmonds. Jonathan Ford is the FT journalist leading their campaign, and he seems to be extraordinarily well-informed. He is. And Lloyd's Banking Group don't like it. See, he, he loves his interviews with himself and with Lloyd's Banking Group. Um, he also set up a special fraud hotline that you can call with information about bank fraud. If you are a Lloyd's employee and would like to share information with us but are afraid to do so by email, use our whistleblower hotline. You can contact us direct on 01326 560229. So that's his whistleblower hotline. Can I remind you just once more that this guy was quite famous on the TV in the 80s and 90s, and this is what he's up to now. And I, I did find this quite funny, and I spoke about it at length, but I might not be able to talk about Noel Edmonds on the radio anymore. Um, his lawyers haven't been in touch. He's not going to sue me, not not yet anyway. But but basically, it's, it's all over. His campaign against the banks, it's done. Noel Edmonds... I think he's got an apology and he's got a settlement worth apparently five million quid. So I'm assuming this means that he's going to shut up now and go away and retire and live happily ever after. And no more Noel Edmonds, no more going on the TV with weird theories about energy and illness, no more campaigning against the banks on his radio station, no more songs about banks. That's it. I can't really make fun of the guy anymore because he's got what he wanted. He won. That's it. Although, I have read something that said maybe, maybe it's not over and he might still be going after them even though he's got his five million quid. Fingers crossed because the amount of time I've spent talking about him on the radio is, is quite a lot. I wouldn't really want to lose that staple of the show. So it might not be the end of Null after all. What a relief. All right, come on up on Wizard Radio. Bombing at things you're supposed to be really good at um, after Jax Jones and Harder that was, who was it? Oh, Jax Jones and BB Rexer Harder on Wizard Radio. My name is Alex Thurb, and thanks for having us on today. Now follows a public safety information message about water safety. Okay, this is, this is very important, especially because summer, about to go on a holiday, swimming in the sea, swimming in the swimming pool. And so this, this right here is for you. Very important. Listen carefully. Swimming in water. It's the only place you can swim. Sometimes it can be dangerous and sometimes it can go wrong. And I mean, I, 
I personally don't think the story I'm about to tell you is actually a swimming gone wrong story. More just a story where I look like an idiot, which is kind of most of the stories on the show. But but here it is. There's there's a pond in London. It's quite a big pond in Hampstead Heath, which is this like massive kind of park thing, but bigger than a park. It's really nice. And you can swim in these ponds. They're like open to the public. Loads of people go down, especially when it's hot. They're, they're really cool. I've never been before. Um, so I went for the first time last week when it was really sunny. And I fancied a swim, went with one of my friends to this pond. And I mean, there were loads of people there, you know, sat down by the side, hands on, all that kind of stuff, and swimming about. Honestly, the water to me, someone that's never been in before didn't look all that appealing it was a lovely shade of kind of brown opaque you couldn't really see through it but i feel like enough people swim in there that it's probably all right because if you were going to get like cholera most people probably already would have done and here's the thing with water even if it's really hot outside the water generally does not heat up this is something you learn in like A-level chemistry or biology or whatever. Water, for some reason, is very, very hard to heat up. It takes a lot of energy to heat water. So even if it's really hot outside, the water won't change its temperature that much. Fun fact, that's why fish can live in water, because most of the time the temperature stays the same and it doesn't like kill them because they can't regulate their own temperature. But that's, that's besides the point. Water doesn't really heat up. So when it's a really hot day, and you get into slightly colder water, it can sometimes be quite a shock. And and I, I experienced this. Um, my friend gets in before me, they've been to this pond where you can swim quite a lot. And so they, they jump in, like fully going for it. And I was like, okay, cool. They jump in, bob up again, bob the surface, all good, just chilling out in the pond, happy days. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna follow. I'm not as, adventurous as they are so I don't jump into the pond I just kind of lower myself in from a seated position and I plop in the water I was not prepared for what would happen next I just kind of blop in, blop, <laughs> plop in the water like boop, in I go you, you know how it is you go under for a bit and oh my god it was so cold considering it was about like 30 degrees ish outside I was not ready for the water to be this cold and yet it was absolutely freezing my balls off in this water and when you go in cold water or at least when i go in cold water you sort of have a weird moment where like it's so cold you can't really breathe all that much so you're just like <laughs> and so this happens you kind of like okay when you fall in water your first thing to do is right like let's get get above the water again so i can breathe so you kind of flail about a bit flush a little bit just to get back above the surface all the meantime these two like lifeguard blokes who seem quite old and not like they're gonna take any prisoners kind of staring at me like what the hell is wrong with this guy and they come over and they're like mate can you can you actually swim and i'm like excuse me yes i can swim i've been able to swim since i was about i don't know seven or eight years old yes i can swim and they're just looking at me like a total idiot but all the while the french one with is just weeing themselves laughing at me splashing about and flailing kind of like a beached whale i'd say or maybe a dolphin, but less elegant. That's how it kind of looked. You're splashing about, gasping for air, panicking massively whilst everyone around me is just like chilling out, having a nice time in the water. And I can, I can swim. And these two guys, they just kind of weren't really buying it. They were just like, what, well, all right, 
take your time. Don't worry, just wait here for a minute. Wait till you get used to it and then you can you can go out and swim if you're feeling confident enough. And I'm just like, <clears throat> come on, really. Like, I can I can do this. It's fine. I do know how to swim. And they just weren't buying any of it. So what I want to know today is have you ever totally just bombed, utterly failed at something you're supposed to be good at and then nobody really believes that you're actually good at it because you failed so miserably? This that was me in the swimming pond. I can swim. They didn't think so. If that if that was you elsewhere, um, I want to hear about it. 07807 183538. Will you text me please? Also, you can email station at wizardradio.co.uk or drop a message on Facebook. Just find us on there. Have you ever totally failed miserably, utterly bombed at something you're supposed to be good at, but just kind of weren't like me, flailing about like a beached whale in, in a pond? I want to know that. We'll talk about it some more after Bazzy and now here's Zara Larson. This is Alec Feldman, the podcast. Bazzy and IFLY. If you want to find out what that stands for, look it up in your own time. We are not discussing that here. It's Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Hi, Chainsmokes and Sebastian Yap for play soon. We were just talking about when you really vomit things that you're supposed to be quite good at and embarrass yourself and everyone thinks that you're actually rubbish and totally making it up when you're not making it up and actually you are really good at it you just had a bad a bad day i promise but nobody is really convinced who have we got we've got joe joe says when i was in year 10 there was this girl in my year who i really fancied and i was trying every day to get her to date me oh i like it when we get stories like this they're always quite funny um anyway joe says when it came to my year 10 prom i thought it be the perfect opportunity for me to show off my dance moves to her and win her over. When I was younger, I took street dance classes, so I'm quite a confident dancer. Anyway, the music is playing, I'm dancing, and I start to make my way to her. As we make eye contact, I start street dancing very well, which was really embarrassing because street dance wasn't really right for the school prom, now I think about it. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I don't really know what to make of that story. Is street dancing the whole like popping your shoulders and like getting down on one hand and spinning around? That's street dance, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of, I can kind of see that working at a school prom. Unless it's some really like romantic love song. Maybe you've got some, some Adele on and you're just sat there doing like shoulder popping action. Then I can see why that might be a bit weird. But it's, it's kind of a cool skill to have, maybe. Although maybe she might have been more weirded out about the fact that you were just staring at her like looking deep into her eyes while street dancing and not saying anything. That might have been why it was embarrassing. Not necessarily that you were you were bad at the dancing or you were dancing at the inappropriate time. It was more just the way you were doing it made her feel a bit weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm not an expert. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert. But I think that is possibly a better explanation. But, but okay, yeah. Don't street dance at your school proms, kids. It, it won't end well. I just think, I, I find the idea of street dancing as a superpower quite funny as well. I don't know what it is. But anyway, um, Leon, got a message from him as well. When I was on holiday last week, I decided to show off my diving skills in the swimming pool. So I stood at the end of the pool with everyone watching me and attempted to dive, but actually just ended up jumping and flapping my arms in the air. Which was really embarrassing and then i found out it was <laughs> then i found out it was a no diving pool and i got banned oh brilliant um yeah don't need a diving board to dive off usually 
is that not how it works? Because then you can do your like dolphin arms or whatever instead of flap like you're trying to take off and then belly flop, which I'm told is quite painful. But yeah, see, this is another another important water safety message, everyone, from Leon. Don't dive in no diving pools because number one, um, you'll look stupid and people won't think you're actually good at diving. Number two, you will get barred. And that's, that's not what you want. Um, and Mia got a message as well. She says, my friends and I had a sleepover just before our exams. It was meant to be a really nice break from revision before everything got more stressful. And we had to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week revising. They came around to my house and I decided to cook everyone dinner because I'm a decent chef. Well, you're setting yourself up to fail there, aren't you? I cooked pasta with vegetables and tomato sauce. Very simple to cook, right? Apparently not, because I, <laughs> I made everyone really sick. People were throwing up overnight, had to go home early, and one of my friends was even sick during our exams. I felt so guilty. How did you mess up pasta and tomato sauce? There's literally no way you can mess that up, unless you were using rotten tomatoes or feeding them dry, uncooked, solid pasta. How, how did you get that one wrong? It's like the simplest thing ever. ever. I'm, I'm baffled. I'm bewildered that that was even possible. How can you make people sick from pasta sauce? How could you screw that up that badly? But yeah, I think, Mia, you have kind of lost your right to call yourself a decent chef if, if you make people sick with pasta and tomato sauce. But that is, that's also um, quite poor behaviour. Maybe. Ooh, maybe you did it on purpose. So your friends did worse in their exams, so you look better. Oh, oh, is that a theory? It's, it's probably not that, because why would you do that? It's really mean and, and bitter and twisted. But who knows? Anything's possible. Cheers for those. Those are good. Those are funny. Um, coming up next, I want to talk about text door neighbours, okay? We're going to do that after Chainsmokers and Elenium, Lennon, Stella. This is Takeaway. Chainsmokers, Elenium, Lennon, Stella with Takeaway. It's Wizard Radio. My name is Alec Feldman. On the way, Connect Four and Sebastian Yatra. First, let's talk about text door neighbours. This is not a new concept. The idea of the text door neighbour is basically older than the sun. Maybe not. It's about as old as texting. As long as texting has been around, people have been doing this. But on Twitter in the last couple of days, I've noticed a lot of people have kind of rediscovered it, revisiting it, and they're having a go. If you don't know what this means, basically, you've got a phone number, right? Your text or neighbor is the person with the number one above or one below you. So if your phone number, like Wizard Radio, for example, 07807 um, 183538, our text or neighbor would be the one that ends in 537 or 539, everything else is the same except that last number. That is your text or neighbor. And you can sometimes, if, you, if you're feeling bored, you just drop a line, you're like, hey neighbor, and, and see what happens. And quite a few people have been doing this on Twitter that I've seen. Possibly my favorite one um, was this one. Someone sent a message saying, you're my number neighbor, what's up? Um, and the person, they did actually reply. They said, you're what? They reply again, your number neighbor. We have the same number, except the last digit is the next one down or up. You're my number neighbor. And um, what what came back as a reply to that is, I mean, quite, quite mean, quite brutal. They just were not interested. Quite unexpected, actually. It says, there's a lot of weird people on this earth. This is a work phone. Don't text me again or I'll call the police. What? Where did that come from? Like, 
I can get if you're not not that bothered. You're just like, okay, cool, bye. Don't text me again, or I'll call the police. What are you gonna say? Hello, police. Someone's texted me, claiming to be my number neighbour. Arrest them at once. Like, no, that's not gonna happen, is it? Um, but yeah, quite a, a brutal and mean response. They were not playing along with it. Um, saw that on Twitter, courtesy of someone called Josh. And so I thought maybe maybe the time is right for me to meet my number neighbour. I've never done it before. Um, and so I thought, let's give it a go. I've been inspired. Let's see what happens. So I texted my two number neighbours, the one above and below, um, to one person. I said, what's happening, text door neighbour? And to the other one, I said, yo, what's up, text door neighbour? And this was yesterday. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it early. So by the time the show has happened, I'll have a couple of good replies that I can share with you. So do you want to hear what they said? My text door neighbours. I texted them about 10 o'clock last night. So they've had a lot of time to reply, to think about, to digest. Are you ready, sir? Are you ready for this? I got no replies. None. Zero. They are not interested. What's going on? Why don't my text or neighbours want to talk to me? So so all in all, um, it was more disappointing than if they'd replied to go, leave me alone, I'm calling the police. What a waste of time. Connect Four's coming up next first. Sebastian Yatra and the Jonas Brothers, his runaway. Joe Bro, Sebastian Yatra with Runaway. I'm Alex Feldman. You are listening to Wizard Radio. It's time now for Connect Four. It's back. Usual place. Happy days. You need to connect four words. That is how this game works. We're going to get four words from a dictionary. We're going to randomly pick them. James Gilmore flicks. I say stop. Whatever word's at the top of the page, that is the word. We do that four times, and then we have four words that you have to connect. It's connect four, get it? Yeah. And um, the way you connect them is by writing a story, a fictional story involving all four words. It's sometimes more difficult than it sounds because the words are kind of random. They might not necessarily all fit together. And you send it in to me, and then whichever one I think is the best, the best written, the most cleverly done, the funniest, the weirdest, it could be anything really, they are crowned the Connect Four champion. They win. And this week, we've got a really, really incredible prize. If you win Connect Four this week, you will get a free outdoor swimming pool in your back garden. All you've got to do to claim that prize is go to Derbyshire, which is in the East Midlands in England, and and then you'll have your your outdoor swimming pool. What a treat! Um, it might it might go away once all the water evaporates, but for the time being, you could win that. What a prize! It also not might necessarily be clean water, just you know, terms and conditions apply. So that's what you can have this week. James Gilmore, are you ready with the dictionary? I just feel the need to. I just feel the need to clarify that prize. Alec is uh-huh. referring to the dam in Derbyshire, which is about to break. Wizard Radio Station will not actually be giving you a free outdoor swimming pool whatsoever. There are no terms and conditions because it's a fake prize. And Alec really needs to stop delivering things that A, we cannot, or promising things that A, we cannot deliver, and B, we've not pre-agreed, and C, that there are no terms and conditions for, and D, we are legally liable for. Thank you, Alec. You are, you are so welcome. So uh, a great prize up for grabs. Not, Nothing. Not, it isn't up for grabs. <laughs> let's get the words. Let's let's flick the dictionary. Okay, I'm flicking. Okay. 
Four words. We need to get them. I hope they're good. I'm praying to the word gods. Um, but let's see what happens. Stop, please. Okay, the first word is easy. Easy? Yes. Well, <laughs> you could say that's that's um, a fairly useful word to start with. <clears throat> easy is word number one. Let's continue. Have another flick, please. I'm flicking. Okay. But um, yeah, just to be to be extra crystal clear, there's no swimming pool. Um, I was I was making that up. Yeah. Good. Okay, stop. Okay, the second word is gem, as in G E M. Like, oh, thanks so much. You're an absolute gem. Yes. Or like, I'm going to squeeze Alec so hard that he turns into a gem for all of the false promises he keeps saying on air. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I suppose that works too. Easy and gem. Let's continue. We're going to flick backwards this time. Flicking. Okay. Let's stop quite quickly this time. Are you now? Okay. The next word is sports. Sports. Okay. Easy gem and sports. All one syllable words so far. Um, let's get the last one. Maybe it'll be a curveball. Who knows? Let's get flicking. Flicking. Make sure you got your phone out. Write these down in the notes app as well. Easy gem and sports. So you can work on your Connect 4 entry for this week. All right. Last one. Let's stop right now. Okay. The fourth and final word is grass. Grass. They're all one syllable words this week. Very easy. I think may, might make it quite easy. Yeah. Um, so easy, gem, sports and grass are the words for Connect4. Write a story with all of those words in it. Send it to me on 07807 183 538 or facebook.com slash wizardradio send us a message. Station at wizardradio.co.uk is the email address to get through to me. And get your Connect Four entries in right now. Easy, gem, sports and grass. It's going to happen properly at 10 to 5. We'll read out whatever you've sent in and crown a winner of um, <clears throat> no no prize. All good. Coming up next, I've got Sean Mendes and John Newman. After the news, it's just gone 4 o'clock. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Sean and Camila, that was Senorita. Followed by John Newman, love me again. This is Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi. Thanks for listening today. Coming up, uh, play Tori Kelly. We've got Lil Tecker and Alec Benjamin soon as well. And right now, let's talk about legal matters. Yes. Um, Katy Perry, she's been to court because someone accused her of stealing. This happens all the time now in music. It's getting a bit, a bit ridiculous, I think. Someone will release a song. Someone else... This happens like clockwork. We'll then come along and say, um, actually, that's my song. You've stolen it. Cue long court battle, which eventually ends in the newer artist having to give the older artist quite a lot of money. It's happened again. This time, it's Katy Perry that's been hit. She has to pay $2.8 million to, to somebody called Flame, real name Marcus Gray, um, who released a song. They said it sounded a bit like Dark Horse, the Katy Perry song. The court agreed, and that's that. Lots of money into Flame's bank account, including, apparently, I think it's about half a million dollars from Katy Perry herself. 
like her personal money has to be given up which i mean i suppose that's fair enough but sucks to be her it's like the world's worst parking fine but for songs so i wanted to look more into this because flame this rapper that sued katie perry not just a normal rapper they are a christian rapper and that is a genre of music everybody i didn't know this but christian rap is its own genre it's where people do raps but instead of the normal rap subjects of i don't know how cool you are how much money you have all the all the girls you get it's about god and jesus and all that kind of stuff and it's very different so i just wanted to today analyze the songs to kind of see if we can see where they're coming from but also explore the unknown world of christian rap so first of all let's start off by looking at the bit in question which is the riff um, it's the first thing you hear in the song by Flame. The song is called... Um, I forgot what the song called, it doesn't really matter. But that's what, this is what it sounds like, okay? Have a listen. So you can hear that, right? It's from the song called Joyful Noise by Flame. It, it does sound like the Katy Perry song. Here's the Katy Perry bit from, uh, for comparison. It's not going there. So, yeah, I guess, fair enough. They are very similar. You can't really argue with that. I then had a listen to the rest of the song, Joyful Noise by Flame, just to see if that's where the similarities end. And I can tell you that it really is, because Christian rap, this new genre that I have discovered thanks to this court case, is quite dramatically different to anything Katy Perry would ever release. Here is a verse from the Flame Christian rap song. Your boy's been a Christian quite a few years. Victory and faith, but I failed in my fears. I heard a lot of words that have tickled many ears. That's why I praise God for the word that we adhere. So, in case you weren't sure whether or not that was Christian rap, it was in fact Christian rap. The first line is, your boy's been a Christian quite a few years. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have. Um, I've heard a lot of words that have tickled many ears. That's why I praise God for the world that we adhere. That's the Flame song. Here's the Katy Perry song. Let's rave. So lyrically very different we've established. Flame singing about Christianity and God. Katy Perry, I knew you were you were gonna come to me, and here you are, but you better choose carefully, because I'm capable of anything, of anything, and everything. So so far, I think Flame is winning on profound lyric points. Um, let's skip to the chorus now. Here's Flame. weren't lying christian rap really is quite christian um lots about angels and his majesty and all this kind of stuff declare the lord is forever make a, a joyful noise in this place um what is a joyful noise i'm not sure maybe maybe katie perry can enlighten us with with her joy joyful noises 
So the, the flame, the Christian rap song, almost poetry. Angels surrounding his throne and worthy is the lamb who was slain. Katy Perry, because once you're mine, once you're mine, there's no going back. There, there is quite a contrast. The only similarity I can really find is that flame talks about the lamb who was slain and Katy Perry talks about a dark horse. So they both vaguely reference animals. So that's kind of where the similarities stop other than the, the slightly borrowed riff. So very, very different songs, but an education, I think, for all of us into the fact that Christian rap is a thing and it's actually probably got more noteworthy lyrics than the Katy Perry song. That's what we've learned today. Coming up next, let's talk about Greg's first. Tori Kelly, Sorry Would Go A Long Way. Wizard Radio with Tori Kelly, Sorry Would Go A Long Way, which is quite a long name for a song, but quite literal, I think. You know exactly what that song is going to be about. So that's, that's quite clever marketing, really. It's Alec Feldman here. And um, I want to tell you about a great new place that you could be going for dates sometime soon. You would never have guessed where, where it is because it's, it's Greg's, the baker, you know, off of sausage rolls. Yeah, that's, that might be a thing soon. Possibly. I read um, this week that they might be opening late. Like, I think they normally close at maybe five or six o'clock. But in future, Greg's branches could be opening later so that you can have hot food late into the night, which I think opens up a whole new opportunity for people to go to Greg's on dates. And I think this could be potentially quite interesting. If Greg's were to go up market, I quite like the thought of that. You know, you could you could show up. They don't normally have that many tables in the Greg's. I think maybe one or two. And they're probably not particularly glamorous. But maybe you could put a, put a, slap a tablecloth on, maybe put a candle in the middle of the table or a fake plastic flower and all of a sudden you've got yourself a romantic date location picture it you'd have you still have all the fridges and stuff with all the sandwiches on the side if you just ignore them maybe dim the lights a little bit i think that could be could be quite romantic and they could do could even do table service they could bring you a menu um in like a leather binder you open it up and it's just got the normal greg's menu in but fancier um, maybe they could pour you some wine in in tall glasses. I think this could be this could be great. And then when you order, like you you order your sausage roll, but fancy, you can see them behind the counter. They take it out with their prongs like they normally do, but instead of just putting it in a paper bag and giving it to you to take away, they could put it on a plate. Maybe give you some ketchup or something, and just slap it down in front of you. Boom! Table service. You could have a romantic date. I think that'd be great. Who would not want to take someone there? Maybe you've just met them. You really, really like them. Where do you take them? Greg's. Fancy sausage roll on a plate. Maybe they could even get into desserts. Um, sausage ice cream, anyone? Maybe a special Christmas bake. They could turn that into ice cream form as well if they wanted to. The possibilities for Greg's as a sit-down restaurant are quite literally endless. You could have so much going on there. What else? Um, starters. 
what could what could a Greg starter be that you could order? A three course meal at Greg's, imagine. Maybe like tiny little pastry that you can dip into something. That's kind of what starters are, isn't it? It's like, oh, have this. You can dip it in some fancy oil and boom. That's what they could do. Dip your sausage roll in gravy, olive oil, salad dressing. So much that could be done. Uh, if Greg's, anyone who works at Greg's listening, I will happily consult for you for a, for a quite hefty fee and tell you how you can turn your little cafe places into like fine dining restaurant experience because I think you could be onto a winner. I think marriages could be formed on the basis of a first date at Greg's. This is how optimistic I am for my plans for Greg's to become a fancy posh restaurant with tablecloths. So hit me up. I'm available. You know how to talk to me. I'm very, I will very happily advise you because this could be the future. I really hope it is. Fingers crossed that's what they mean by late night Greg's opening. In a second, are you ready for the return of someone's knocking at your door? It's back very soon. First, let's play Alec Benjamin. Uh, My namesake has done a song called Jesus in LA, but it's not Christian rap music. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Welcome, one and all, to radio's best door-based guessing game, Someone's Knocking at Your Door. I'm Alec Feldman. And now, let's get on with Someone's Knocking at Your Door. Woo-hoo! So, do you hear that? Do you hear that noise? Do you hear it? I think someone must be knocking at your door. Let's open it up and see who it is. Ah, hello. Who could it be knocking at my door? Um... Well, that's that's where you come in. Um, what's going to happen now? Someone's looking at the door. James is going to ask me five yes/no questions. Then you lot have to get your guesses in to see who is knocking at the door, and then we can let them in if we want to see them. And if not, we'll just send them away. James, hi. Hi. It's gone up to five. It was three last time. Oh, was it three? Okay. Well, let's let's try five and see if that helps narrow it down a bit more because nobody got it last time. Yes, true. All right. Um, are they a man? They are a man. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, not that I've got anything against if it was a woman. I just mean, I'm glad I got it correct. Okay. Um, is, are they <laughs> famous? Yes, I'd say they are quite famous. Okay, they are quite famous. They're a celebrity. Um, are they a musician? Definitely not. Not a musician. Um, are they British? Ooh. Um, yes, but technically no. Okay. Um, so which means they've got British citizenship. I'm gonna assume, but wasn't born mm. here. Okay. Mm. Probably Dino De Campo, but also maybe not. <laughs> uh, I think he's got British. I cannot confirm or deny that. Okay. That wasn't a guess either. My final question then. Yeah. Um, okay, man celebrity. Is he on a TV show our parents would watch? Um, I'm gonna say yes, but it's not like, it, it's not a fictional TV show. It's very much reality TV, but pretty much the most real TV ever gets. 
Okay, so this is sounding a lot like Gino DeCampo, um, the celebrity <laughs> chef. It is. It's sounding a lot like him. Um, well, if that's what you want to guess, then I'll tell you soon. If you're going to commit to Gino DeCampo. I want to commit to Gino DeCampo. I'm putting my hat in the ring. I'm saying it's Gino DeCampo. Okay, well, do you think it's Gino DeCampo? They're a man. They're famous. They're British, although they weren't born here. They're on TV in the most real reality TV show of all history. And was there one more thing that we established? Yes, they're not a musician. They're not a musician. And I might even give you an extra special clue by telling you that the door they're knocking on today is quite a famous door. Okay, I, I hope I hope I haven't ruined it too much by telling you that. But get your guesses in right now. 07807 183 538. Do you agree with James that it's Gino DeCampo knocking at the door? Tell me. You can also tweet at Wizard Radio or send an email station at wizardradio.co.uk. Message us on Facebook or Instagram as well. Who is knocking at the door this week? They're not a singer. They're famous. They're a man. They're British, but they're not born here. And another clue that I've also forgotten. Uh, oh, yeah, they're on the TV quite a lot on the most real reality TV show that there is. And also um, quite a famous door. So get your guesses in right now. I'll tell you who's right, who is wrong, and who is knocking at the door very soon. First, I've got little... No, I haven't. Why did I say that? I sound like such an old person. I haven't got little anyone to play you. I've got Lil someone to play you. Lil Tecker with Ransom Play soon. But first, just so you don't get confused about who Lil Tecker is or why I'm playing them or what they're famous for, I've done some research. I've got loads of facts that are totally accurate. This is all factually correct. And if it's not, then sue me. Because I've done a 60-second guide to Lil Tecker. Let's go. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. Much like the Kim family have dominated North Korea since 1948, the Lil family have dominated rap music for all of eternity. Wayne was the elder of the family, but more recently his kids and cousins have also hit the big time, including Pump, Yotti, Uzi Vert, Dickie, Nas X, and now Lil Tecker. Their family gatherings are loud affairs, with everyone spitting bars and having rap battles all over the place, except Lil Keith, who's a plumber. Lil Tecker's direct relationship to Lil Wayne is first cousin twice removed, and this song, Ransom, is about all the many valuable possessions he owns, such as diamonds and luxury cars. Something that's actually unlikely is he can't drive. He's failed his test three times, most recently, because when approaching a zebra crossing, Instead of slowing down and stopping, as is usually expected, he yelled, Yeehaw! Eat metal, suckers! And sped up towards a family who were crossing the road at the time. Therefore, if he does actually own the luxury cars he makes them, they are sitting on his driveway and not going anywhere. That's Lil Tecker in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Jay Balvin and Bad Bunny before that Lil Tecker ransom and welcome back one and all to Someone's Knocking at Your Door, radio's only front door based game show with me, Alec Feldman. So who's knocking at the door today? They're still waiting outside. I haven't let them in yet because we haven't identified them yet. So far we know that they are a man. They're quite famous. They're not a musician. They're British but they weren't born here. And they're on TV quite often on the most real reality TV show there is. You also got the bonus clue 
that it's quite a famous front door that they're knocking on this week. So who could it be? First up, the first guest was from, from James, actually, who said, is it Gino DeCampo? Now, is it Gino DeCampo? Well, I'm not going to tell you just yet. You'll have to wait and see. Amber thinks I'm with James with on this. It must be Gino DeCampo, surely. Um, who else? Um, Sammy, I can see where James was going at, with Gino DeCampo, but Prince Philip is on the news the whole time, which is the most reality TV gets, as I said. He's been in the news a lot recently as well, so he thinks it's Prince Philip. Okay, interesting guess. Um, well... Benny, we've got him as well, saying, wasn't Bradley Wiggins actually born in Belgium or something like that? I don't know what the famous door he's knocking on is, but he was on the news a lot when he won the Tour de France. That was like four years ago, more. It must have been ages ago, actually, like six years that Bradley Wiggins won the Tour de France. Um, I wouldn't go with that weird a reference point. I know I talked about Noel Edmonds earlier, but no. It's not Bradley Wiggins knocking at the door, Benny. You are wrong. Ellie says... When I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, I remember finding out that Freddie Mercury wasn't born in the UK. He was from an Asian country somewhere, I think. I know he's dead, but he could be knocking on the door from the grave. Um, I mean, that's fair enough. We didn't establish whether the person knocking at the door is alive or dead or not. Um, I also did know the answer to where Freddie Mercury was born, but I keep forgetting. Um, I can't remember. But no, it's not Freddie Mercury, and it's not someone that's dead. The person knocking at the the door is very much alive. So, Ellie, you are wrong. Thanks for playing, though. Matthew says, Mo Farah's from Somalia, is a celebrity, is not a musician, and is on TV the whole time. Is Mo Farah knocking at the door? <gasps> well, Matthew. No, no, he's not. It's not Mo Farah, but that does make sense. I respect the reasoning. Um, so, yeah, Benny's wrong, Ellie's wrong, Matthew's wrong. I can also now tell you that James and Amber are both wrong. It's not Gino DeCampo. Um, I'm sorry to let you down. Gino DeCampo is not knocking at the door this week, but he might visit another time. You never know, but not today. Only one person on the text I can see has got this one correct this week. Um, he says, this person, I remember seeing that this person was actually born in New York. Mm. And um, Rob thinks the door he's knocking on is 10 Downing Street. That is quite a famous door. I can now tell you that, Rob, you are correct. The person knocking at the door this week is Alexander Boris Defeffel Johnson, a.k.a. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister. The door he's knocking is knocking on is the door to 10 Downing Street because he's moving in there. He's in charge now. And that's why Boris Johnson is knocking at the door this week. So well done, Rob. You got it right. Everyone else, bad luck. Thanks for playing. The only question that remains now is, should we let Boris Johnson in? He's knocking at the door, but it's still up to us whether we should let him in or not. I think no. Let's slam him in his face and close the curtains, turn off the lights and pretend we're not in. So um, just everybody hide and hopefully he'll go away soon and it'll all be fine. So that was it this week. Boris Johnson was knocking at the door. Thanks for playing. Maybe it'll be back again soon. That was someone's knocking at your door. And Connect Force coming up next after Sam Smith. I'm Alec Feldman. Miles McCourcy coming up at five today. One hour of hip-hop R&B tunes for you coming up. First, it's still me. I'm still on. And we've got time to do Connect Four before I go. The words this week were easy, 
gem, sports, and grass, which was quite an easy set of words, I think. They're all quite short. They're all fairly easy to lump together. So I think the level of competition this week is going to be very high. I don't think it will be easy to get a really outstanding answer this week. So um, let's, let's have a look at what we've got. Starting off with, let's start with Will. Will has sent us his connection for Connect4. And straight in, he's gone quite meta. He says, Alec, this week's Connect4 is a really easy one. And just like that, he's got the first word in. It continues. I always try to take part in this game. The words are so difficult, so thank you for this gem of a collection of words, so I can take part this time. Well, I'm done. This is easy. I'm just going to go outside and play sports on the grass with my brother to celebrate such an easy collection of words. Now, actually, I did say I think that would be easy, and I mean, Will's whole message was about it being easy, but yeah, I really like that. I'm a big fan of the way that the entire message is completely self-referential to the game Connect 4, which I think is a first. We've never had one like that before. It's quite meta, but it works. He's even got easy and twice just to... Three times. Three times in that message just to really press home how easy this round of the game was. Now, kind of cheeky. Also, I respect it. It's a very good entry. So, you know what, Will? Well done. Kudos to you. And I'm glad that you are finally able to enter the game despite not normally having the intellectual capabilities. That sounds really mean. I don't mean it like that, but you said it yourself. Normally it's too hard. This week, it was your lucky weeks. So well done, and thanks for your entry. Next up, Carla. We had our school sports day a few weeks ago, and it really showed how awful my school is at sports because I won the gold medal in the 50 meters race, and it was easy. We did the race on the grass instead of a track, so quite a few people slipped and fell, which I guess helped me a bit. Because I won a gold medal, I also got a gem in my progress record, which is like a merit or whatever you call it at your school. Ooh, another good one. It is, I mean, I suppose it's just gone sports day season. Kind of as you get towards the end of the school year, that's when sports day is on. I am proud to say I have not run in a school sports day since 2012, I think was the last time. I only left school two years ago, but... I stopped actually bothering with Sports Day in 2012. I just managed to avoid it for the following two years and managed to miss my race. But yeah, Sports Day season is on, so this is a seasonally appropriate Connect Four entry. Um, we've got we've got Sports in there straight away. Um, it was easy when she won the 50 meters race and got a medal. Track was grass, yeah, and there's grass. And I got a gem in my progress record. I like to think that whatever school Carla goes to, if she goes to school still, does actually call their like reward point thing a gem, because that just fits perfectly with the words available to you in Connect4. And if not, then that's quite smart. It should be called a gem. Another strong entry. So thank you and well done to Carla. From Carla to Carly, one thing I don't understand is how different stains are more or less difficult to get out of clothes. Well, this is a this is a weird tangent, but let's let's go with it. For example, grass stains. There we go. Are impossible to get out of clothes, so you have to be really careful not to slip on the grass when you're playing sports. But like toothpaste, but like toothpaste, but toothpaste is really easy to get out of clothes if you get a toothpaste stain. There are also strange products you can get which help you get stains out of clothes. Different powders and strips and crystals, and there's even this gem you can get 
which is apparently to help you get stains out. I don't understand it. <laughs> okay. I don't think I've ever had a message about washing before. Actually, that's a lie. I think I have had messages about washing before, but not for a while. So, a nice weird tangent for Connect 4. Talking about grass stains, there's grass. Um, what else have we got? Toothpaste is really easy. There's easy. Although I disagree, I think if you can get toothpaste on dark t-shirt, that's that's you looking like you've been dribbling for the whole day. Um, what else have we got? We've got gem in there. Do we have do we have sport? We did, didn't we? When you're playing sports on the grass. So we got all four words in there and learned a little bit about washing up as well. So when you're washing clothes, make sure to use the, the special gems if they're actually real. That was Carly. And I think the last one we're going to have time for today is a very, very long one that's coming from Becky. Becky says, my favourite time of the year is the winter for a few reasons. I mean, you're wrong, but let's continue. It's really easy, easy to look good in the winter because everybody's hiding their flesh. In the winter, everyone covers up and wears baggy clothes and looks cute. But in the summer, you have to basically have a six pack to look good. Also, in the summer, everyone likes going out. I have bad hay fever, so being on the grass in the summer is not good for me. I also hate sports, which a lot of people play in the summer. So overall, I'm a winter person, not a summer person. Summer can bug off already. I'm here waiting to look like a gem in my big hoodies come November. I quite like this one. It tackles all sorts of issues. And despite the fact that I totally disagree in summer, it's the best. I did find those arguments very convincing. Um, I don't know whether they're your honestly held views, Becky, or whether you've just worked it into a Connect Four answer. But I mean, yeah, fair enough. I, I do not have the requisite six pack to look good in summer. I don't have hay fever, but I do hate sports. But nonetheless, um, a, a strong entry, even though I disagree mostly with the sentiment. And we got all the words in there. We had um, easy to look good in winter. We had waiting to look like a gem. We had I don't like sports and hay fever, grass. So that those are the four entries in Connect4 this week. The words were easy, gem, sports and grass. We had Will who had his really meta Connect Four answer about this week being really easy. We had Carla, who was talking about Sports Day and winning a gold medal and getting a gem in her progress record. We had Carly, who was talking about weirdly washing clothes and getting stains out. And then we had Becky, who likes the winter more than the summer. Which one do we pick to win? I'm, I'm going to get in trouble again, so I'm going to say to win nothing. There is no prize. Um, I was lying about the free swimming pool in Derbyshire. There is no prize, but who's going to win the pride here? I don't know. Who who do I pick? Um, I'm I really enjoyed. I know it was the first one I read out, but I did enjoy Will just because the whole thing was just about Connect Four. It was a Connect Four entry where he talked about Connect Four, which I I think is kind of good. So you know what, Will, you are the winner this week. It was actually quite high standard because the words were so easy, but. He acknowledged that. He made a big deal about the words being used. So you win. Well done. Congrats. Thanks to Carla and Carly and Becky as well for playing along. And everyone else who sent in a message that we didn't have time to get to. Thank you all very much. All right. The show's just about done now, but it's not the last you'll hear of me. Oh, no. There are so many more ways that you can have your ears assaulted by my voice in the next seven days. You can get the podcast. Alec Feldman, the podcast is what it's called, which is this show but with all the music cut out just the talky bits so if you've missed anything you can hear it all on there wizardradio.co.uk you can get that you can also get it on apple podcasts on spotify and google podcasts and everywhere else as well you can hear the weekly mixtape if that's not enough friday three to four 
an hour of throwback tunes, all chosen by me. And then, if that's not enough, you can just listen to the radio show again on Saturday, 3 till 5 p.m. I'm back on. So thank you very much for listening this week. Have a lovely week. Miles Mikulski is coming up next. I'm going to finish this week with Post Malone and Young Thug. This is goodbyes. Here goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.